that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another weekly dose of Italian-American heritage, history, and hilarity. It's the Italian-American podcast, and I am John Viola, along with my partner in crime, the notorious P.O.B. Patrick O'Boyle. We are here again in New Jersey, our temporary headquarters, as we await our arrival in Lower Manhattan in Little Italy. And uh, we have just been off mic having one of those moments that I always think the audience would love, but we can never play. We were telling really funny stories about Italian-American leadership and some of the craziness here. And uh, sure, we were la- laughing quite a bit at some of the hilarity that goes on. They must have been also laughing as the Titanic was going down. <laughs> <laughs> <probably> Smokestacks <laughs> falling into the ocean. And- yeah, it's about the same priority. of. Can I just give the last follow-up to my special month when I was Italian Man of the Year yeah, for the sure. Jersey Columbus Day Parade? This is great. Um, I was asked at a dinner dance how much I paid for it. To be honored. Yes. <laughs> now, there's people out there and non-Italian people, normal people, nice people. That was an insult. <laughs> that wasn't how much did you donate. I was so, I went berserk. See, they've never seen me go berserko. It is very insulting. I went berserko. And they asked me twice. They go, ha-ha, so how much did you have to pay? <laughs> right? I'm not going to say anything. You can draw your own conclusions for the motives why somebody would say that to me. They go out of their way to come up to me and say that to me. I don't know if I said this on the air, because we've been recording so many episodes concurrently here in New Jersey. So I don't know if this aired before or after if I said, but like I was frustrated the other day, something in the institutional community, some nonsense we were going through, petty rivalry stuff. And I went to the chat GPT AI technology thing where you can ask, I never used this before. I said, you know, let me open this thing up. I open it up. It says, ask me any question. I said, why are Italians dysfunctional? Why can't we work as one? Italian-Americans, I said. And this machine. Italy's no different. Let's not well, make believe like they have some special no. sauce that we lost, <laughs> no. that we lost crossing the Atlantic. No, no. The recipe got lost. If you need evidence for the idea that the immigrant can stay multi-generationally true to who they are as people, it's the Italian-American dysfunction as a community. And that's what this chat GPT says to me. It says, oh, you know. There's all these regional differences that are inherited, and Italy is uh, uh, has a history of a company. It gives me this whole thing, and then it gives me a little bit of the Italian-American, and I was like, this computer knows us pretty well. It kind of got it. Like, it wasn't, you know, an answer. It wasn't going to solve the riddle. There was no great silver bullet, but I was so kind of shocked that this thing could draw us all the way back to Italy, and I've been thinking about that a lot as I've been going through the final phases of my Italian citizenship and you know see because i think there's people out there who romanticize us Mm -hmm. as a community even italian americans in like far-fledged parts of the country that don't have other italians around them you did the smart thing you got away (laughs) so true because you're not around you might be around dopey people people whose food stinks They're not that swift on stuff that will school smother with the envelope i mean they have their own issues but at the end of the day i still think you're ahead of the game we come from a vicious people. And if you don't like that, that's a fact. But to be fair. That's a fact. As we always say, as we travel the country, especially filming Greetings for Italian America, Italian Americans are much nicer outside the tri-state area. They really yeah, are. Yeah, the, the bottom of the barrel is the New York metro area. <laughs> we are. 
Narat was going to say my gender. My grandmother would say Narat Sfachim. That would have been my grandmother's response. It just so happens that most of the institutions were formed here, and they're led by people from here. And yeah, that's. The I don't problem. know. I still, I don't know. I really don't know. There's there's so many depth levels to yeah. all this. Yeah, but it, there's some kind of bells. There's some kind of demon that decided to take possession of the New York Italian American. <laughs> they're such a vicious because we can't tell you stuff. I mean. I'm so afraid of what's good. I no, mean, you can't. You, you don't want to so say many anything. people accusing other people of marital infidelity in front of their spouses. No, it's our World War Three. I mean, people have done horrible things to be president of a society. So you're like asking, well, why are they doing this? They're not doing this for money. They're not do- for the stuff that motivates normal women. <laughs> They're doing this to be president of a club, to have a sash, a fash, that's yeah. president. Yeah. But I know someone at an event, there was someone who had a, a gumad and... They had the gumad and they had the wife, and the gumad went to some events and the wife went to others. And to fire one over the side, they confronted president in front of his wife. Oh, where's your gumad? No. Wow. So, I mean, like, we low ball. These aren't things that are out of our realm of no. consciousness. No. It is, it is really. I also know back in the days before the internet, back before when there were, like, cameras and magazines and newspapers of someone taking a picture of an Italian organizational president with the gumad. And making sure that the wife got to see it. That's horrible. In a newspaper. Sure, because that's... And it wasn't because, like, you know, we want you to realize your husband's cheating. No, it was a power they, grab. It was a power grab. They wanted to blow up the marriage to become president. I mean, this, this is... this is. I've seen wacky stuff. I mean, so, some is wacky than others. I've seen wacky stuff. It is true, though. It's not that much different in the sort of provincial parts of Italy that we come from. And, you know, that... You could see it in in how mayors are treated and who gets the sash and who gets to be present. And Severino D'Angelo, I don't know if his episode will air before or after this one comes out, said something that I've known for years, I've read for years, I've never articulated on the show, and I'm glad he did. Southern Italians seek money for prestige. Money is just a way to be the important guy in the room. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all salami and cheese people hanging in a basement, right? right? And I've said this. The difference between a fancy restaurant in Naples and a grandmother's kitchen restaurant in Naples is the silverware. <laughs> it's very it's true. all the same food. It's just a it's nicer place, right? <laughs> at the true. end of the day, it's an obsession to be somebody. Prominent, yeah. Prominent. Even if, like, like when Severino talked about the, the noble people in this town. You know, he talks about how they would talk down to everyone and they had no money left. And he goes, you know, their stockings were ripped. Yeah. And their fur coat was moth eaten and they, they were a mess and they were dirty. He goes, but they still walked around like which is the national model of Italy. Yeah, it should you, be. You don't know who I am. You do not know who and I, I am. And I want to make money because by making money and having a prestigious job, I'm a somebody. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It, it, it As much as it frustrates me, obviously, we're still here. We're still doing this. We love this. And. I think both of us feel like there's nothing better to do, right? You, you, like you said, when you got honored, just to be honored within your own tribe in Jersey City, like you just want to be amongst your own. We, but that's a mental illness. Yeah, it's, it's I something. mean, that's not something I should be showing it's, off. It's a trap. We're Normal trapped. people move on. Yeah, no, I, I they can't. go to like Wyoming, yeah, South Dakota. Where else do people go? Arizona, Florida. They hang out with American people. They go to like fast food restaurants. Yeah. They eat pancakes on Sunday morning. They're the normal people. They're the people we should have become. But for some, for, but for childhood, childhood drama, we really should be having uh, a psychiatrist. Yes. That's what we should be employing. We should be spending all our institutional money on psychiatrists. <laughs> you program us. You left a country, a medieval country that had this. Why are you wanting to uh, 
perpetuate. What's the word? Perpetuate. Perpetuating. Ah, that's a good question. And we're, we're perpetuators of a disease. But when that person came up to me, you know when they see you across the room and they make a beeline across the room and goes up? And then I haven't seen this person in years. And say, congratulations, how are you? You got fat, you got old, you got old, you look good. Nothing. They said, <laughs> so, I see you got Jersey City, Columbus, they made an idea. These are Jersey people. How much did you have to pay for it? Sad. So sad. And I felt bad for them. Yeah. Because what, what would direct, but, you know, they said what they said. But this then is the book. Good thing my mother was not there. Oh, that would your mother. My mother, yeah, because everybody sees my mother when she's in Mary Poppins mode. Hello, honey. <laughs> How are you? You want a piece of cake? Hello. That's the actress. <laughs> the Academy Awards never gave anyone an award that deserved it as much as my mother does. There's no actress, no one in the world who's an actress. And I, that hand grenade would have gone off. Would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been because my mother would have my mother would have machine gunned in a passive aggressive way. It would have been interesting, but th- this is this is this is my public confessional. It, yeah, that's why. That's and I, why and I'm I here. said to myself, "Well, why, why can't you just be nice once? Why I can't we know. just? Can't you just say congratulations once? Even I mean, you got to make a nasty comment like that." No, it's very strange the the pettiness and the kind of small mindedness that we encounter. And you know, it's like we said, like you know, you encounter it here, but yeah, you encounter it back in Italy too. I know from all of my friends and family who are still there. These things are not uh, isolated here in the Italian-American community. But it's really interesting because, you know, you talk about the institutions, right? Uh, and a lot of this bickering that we encounter, we probably encounter because we stick in all these clubs and all these foundations and Yeah, correct. We keep stuff. going into, we, you and I, sicker and sicker, pick which one is which, <laughs> like, a, like a bloodhound looking for these situations. Yeah. And a good therapist and medication should be able to get us off of this. My wife calls us. If you're a psychiatrist right now. Yeah, please. send. send what does your wife say? Because Nicole is normal. That's, Nicole's normal, we, yeah. We tease Nicole on this show, but she's the one we really should try to emulate. Yeah, I know, as hard as that might be. No, she calls us Pinky and the Brain from the uh, old cartoon series because they're always plotting to take over the world. They're yeah, we're always plotting. Two, two lab rats who are never going to get out of the lab, but they're plotting to take over the world. That, but I think the thing that I know you and I both believe is like you keep going back into this stuff because ultimately you believe the institutions are important institutions. And today we have a guest here who I suppose is on a similar mission. He's a young man who is part of a very, very important institution from Italy, from the Italian Ministry of Foreign Affairs called Comites, which is the Committees of Italians Abroad. And he is newly elected, and I'm going to reveal his age here because I have it in my show notes, 35 years old, newly elected as the president of Comites New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. So Alessandro Croco, welcome to the Italian-American podcast, and congratulations on joining our very sick band of those who (laughs) are jumping into the mouth of the lion and uh, trying to do the best we can to make sure these institutions go forward. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so pleased to be here with you, John, and with Pat. And uh, I'm actually 36. 36, all right. Well, good. (laughs) I should be 36. 36 was a hard birthday for me because I knew it was the end of the 30s then. It was the late 30s going into 40s. I feel the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. But in Italy, especially in these institutions, you might as well be 16 if you're 36. That's. You're right. You know, it's it's actually something that. I always come when I talk to Italians and I explain to them, hey, in America, I'm actually old. I'm getting <laughs> old. You know, people say, oh, 36, you must have a single family house. You have to fit certain criteria. In Italy, at 36, you're still home and your mother brings you coffee in the morning and <laughs> you just have the sweet You're still life. in college because you're, you're going to become a college. Doctor. You're yes. going to be a doctor about 45. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're right about that. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I, I remember when I 
was named president of the National Italian American Foundation. I was 28, so I spent you know six years uh, from 28 to 34, 35 doing it. And there, I can't tell you the amount of times we would do stuff either in Italy or with the Italian institutions here. And I'd be in a meeting, and in the middle of the meeting, the person would say to me, "But I don't understand who is uh, who is your boss. So who you know who who should I be? Basically, who should I be speaking to?" And I'm like, "No, no, it's me. You know, like I, I'm the guy. I'm the guy running this. Impo- my is impossible. <laughs> yeah, my is impossible. It was like you're shocking. Impossible. Well, but, I wanted to. Fr- I wanted to. How should I say something about this? Is like I remember the quote of Tony Soprano since we are in Jersey. And he said, well, I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. When he said, I am the who called the shot here. Something yeah, like that. that's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not cursing. That's art. That's good. It's quoting. That's like quoting an artistic. I, if I imagine if I would have pulled that out with the Italian ministries, that would have been great. I would have loved that. I have to imagine you're the youngest person filling this role in any. The Comites, these committees, right, just to give our audience a little understanding. They are committees of Italians abroad. They answer to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Correct. And they're made up of like about 12 to 18 members per committee. Then there's a president like you. And believe it or not, they're Italian citizens living abroad, voting Italian citizens. But actually up to a third of the members can be of Italian origin just without the passport. So if you're Italian-American, there's an interesting way to get How come we never got on this? You know, somebody asked me years ago about it. and it We just, got everything on our resume but this. Oh, I mean, no, I'm not no, throwing this out here because you're here. <laughs> here we go. We'll oh, gee, let's join another. Great. Yeah. yeah. Let's join another members. one, John. Yeah. But, th- but there's 118 <laughs> of them around the world. And uh, you basically represent the Italians living abroad to the Italian government through the foreign ministry. You've got New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, which has got to be a huge. And Bermuda. And Bermuda. What a strange... Uh, don't tell me. That's very weird. Do you get to do trips on the Italian government to Bermuda? I, I should. Every week. Yeah, I you should. for a budget. They didn't <laughs> give it to me yet. <laughs> uh, no. But I'm working on that. Let's make, make sure they don't listen to the show before they approve it then. So you've got to be the youngest person doing this, or one of them. Yes. I, yes, I believe so. Well, the president of the Comites of San Francisco is 35, so we are pretty much right there. And before me... Every comitess has been represented by 70, 75 years old, male yeah. or females. And uh, back then in 1980, when Silvana Mangione was the president, they were probably 32. And back then, they were having more Italian-Americans. Those are the Coptati members. So basically, every comitess, after the election, can decide mm, based on the... On, the, on how big is the consular area, so in this case, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Bermuda is huge, to have other people that will help the committees to, to do all the activities. In our case, we, I mean, we tried to get some other Italians, especially from Connecticut, because we have two members from New Jersey, but we don't have anyone in Connecticut. So we tried to recruit some some Italian-Americans there, and it seems like there was not that much of an interest. They're more normal in Connecticut, that's <laughs> why. Right, maybe they have... <laughs> yes, they they have better more. adjusted. I like Connecticut. They're nice people. <laughs> they are much nicer people. <laughs> but probably they don't know much about our organization, which has been around since 1980, has been done so much for the community, I guess. Uh, so let me... Because I've kind of lived around this yeah. my whole life. Comites is basically a committee mm-hmm. of Italians in a area where there's a consulate. Correct. And we they kind of United States. And they and it's all around the world. Mm-hmm. And they advise the Italian consulate 
on the needs of the Italians living in that area. Am I that's, correct? That's correct. And other than the Italian consulate, also the embassy and the CGE, which is another institution, which is called Consiglio Generale Italiani Estero. And, uh, and then we also advise to the Italian congressmen or senators elected to represent the Italians from this part of the world. Right. Like our, we have our representatives for North and Central America Correct. and the Chamber of Deputies and the Senate. And these positions are directly elected by the Italian voters living abroad. So if you're voting for your deputy and your senator, you're voting for Comites as well. That's correct. Now, the Italian-American positions, because I, I think it's interesting that, you know, in our audience, our audience is vast and large and very geographically spread out around the country. And I know I encountered Comites through my work at NIAF. I actually encountered Comites more uh, as a, I did a, a keynote as a guest of the Italo-Australian community in Australia. And there, Comites was really, really active. Yep. Uh, so they were, that was kind of my first time really working with a committee. But here, I think maybe in our audience, there are probably people out there who would be interested in something like this, the ability to participate in this voice back to Italy, but may not know about it, may not know how. The Italian-Americans that are not citizens of Italy or dual citizens, they are appointed or elected? They are appointed. They're appointed. So theoretically, somebody out there who doesn't have an Italian passport but wants to get involved could reach out and get involved, in, particularly with you in this New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or Bermuda uh, territory. Someone is listening from Bermuda, please. <laughs> have you gone to Bermuda yet? Not yet. How many Italians are in Bermuda? Maybe a couple of thousand. It's so interesting. The other day I was reading, just my general catch-up reading on obviously this incredibly complex situation unfolding in the Middle East, and uh, somehow, of course... I the word Italian caught my eye. I was reading about Lebanon and Hezbollah, and I found that there is a probably four or five thousand person community of Italian nationals in Lebanon, many of whom have been there multiple generations and are obviously well integrated into the greater Lebanese society. And I just fell down a wiki hole and started to look through pages that I guess I had missed before on the diaspora. And, you know, I, you, you tend to look at the sort of, you know, 20-something million here in America, the millions in Canada, Australia, Brazil, Argentina, and you kind of forget that there are communities and old communities in so many places, in the Middle East and North Africa, obviously in Tunisia and Libya, but then even throughout South and Central America. Like, I have relatives in Mexico and Venezuela. I don't know them, but I have distant relations there, and those are communities that have been there a very long time. So it's interesting to see places like Bermuda with a couple of thousand Italians still have the mechanisms to engage back with the mother country through, you know, something like Comites. Right, absolutely. Well, I don't know if we have a Comites in that area now. You, I'm a little bit curious to do a little bit more research on that because I don't know if we have anything like that. But in, if in this case there is something, I'm sure right now it's very powerful resource to help those Italians living right there. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So all joking aside, what do you do? A and B. More importantly for everyone, what do you see the issues that the Italian community is relating to you? How do you relate them to the consular officials and what's being done? Like besides all the titles and all the honors, right. what's actually the job that's getting done? Well, there is so much going on. And uh, we have been trying to build from pretty much the past uh, as a different way of running things from what we're doing right now. 
our committees is very young and we have so many young people being part of committees, which that's a good thing. That's also maybe a bad thing sometimes based on the experience because as you can as you were saying before, Pat, the Italian American community is big, is could be mean sometimes. They expect so much and uh, they don't really know the real job of the committees. And sometimes they talk to me like, I'm God. Oh, you can make this happen. No, I cannot. This, mm. is, not, this is not part of my job. You can make me cavaliere. How many exactly. times have you gotten <laughs> that question? Yeah, a- anytime. Oh, you can make me Italian citizen. I'm not. I, lost. <laughs> no, I can't do that. Unfortunately, I can't. And, I mean, on that, on that we have like, so, many, so many requests of people that like to, they lost the Italian citizenship and they like to get it back. And that is very, very complicated. As of right now, there are probably 70,000 uh, people asking for a, for an interview at the Italian concert. So it's tough. that means 78,000 people who are already in the process. Already got, in the process. Yeah, that's the crazy part of this. It's going to take 10 years. It, it, it's unbelievable. It, it's the biggest issue I think existing between Italy and the Italian American or Italian diaspora community anywhere. I mean, and COVID didn't help, right? So many consulates got set back, haven't done interviews, only recently started doing them again. And, you know, we, we did, we encountered this with our friend Mike DiSapio on an episode because he has DiSapio dual citizenship services. I'm using him for mine. And there are constantly evolving ways. Like now, instead of having to go for the interview, you can actually send your application to a court in Rome, make yes. an appeal that's supposed to speak. So it's interesting to see that I guess the Italian government is kind of listening and trying to make it a little bit easier. Then the question becomes, how do you disseminate that back out to people who are interested in this? It's very difficult to find concise and clear information on this whole process, you know, but it's the biggest, to me, it's the biggest thing because I know when we were, when I was at NEF, there were hundreds of thousands of people who would inquire about dual citizenship every year. And it's hard to know what to tell them sometimes, you know? Yes. And starting next year, we, as Americans, whoever has an American passport, must apply for a visa to go to Italy. So it's not going to be as... That out. is the most ass... I mean, Italy yeah. does a lot of asinine things. Well, it's all of Europe. It's all sure, Europe. but I mean, for, I mean, let's think. Americans spend a lot of money. They yeah, tip. They, basically, they won an extra $15. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, it goes right to the EU, yeah. right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Somebody won... We, we, some, we, I don't know if it was on an, an episode or we were doing filming of Greetings from Italian America. Somewhere we were talking about this and somebody from Italy stopped me and said, no, no, no. This is a myth. You have to make sure people understand there's not going to be a visa. But then every news article I read says, yes, there's going to be a visa. visa. It starts in 2024. It's $15, but you need to do it beforehand. And Like the ESTA. When you come to the United States from Europe, you have to apply for the ESTA. And unless you have been doing anything crazy or you're a criminal, you're going to get that. Right. Yeah, it's just just a, a timing and slight cost addition. But again... It's a great opportunity for people who have or are pursuing Italian citizenship to make their lives a little bit easier. And, you know, it's many of us, I think, in our community are very fortunate that we get to go back somewhat frequently. And, you know, anything you do to whittle away at bureaucracy is a big plus. Right. That's, Absolutely. So what else beyond dual citizenship? Because obviously that's a that's a and there's another thing issue. that drives me crazy about dual citizenship, though. And uh, I can't stress the government enough. And I talk to them all the time. Because when I when I go out and that's some that's part of my job, I go to visit the clubs and the association, and uh, I think the association and the association of Italian Americans are the heart of the community, and uh, 
that's the first thing they ask me. So, Alessandro, I want to get that back. And I talk to people that have actually did the military service in Italy. Wow. So they were the military service. They were serving their country. And for a bureaucratic thing now, they have no Italian passport. And they cry. Say, I don't want to die as an American. Yeah. I want to die as an Italian too. Because I am both. And yeah. I think that's part of the diaspora of diaspora. You know, and it goes back. It's it's this thing that ChatGPT like <laughs> try to answer, but yeah. can't because it's too complicated, and yeah. there is not an answer right there. You know, we, Ita- we are Italians. We are also we feel Americans because this country gave us great opportunities. So, in, we are in the middle of both worlds, and yeah. it's complicated. But I mean, the, you know, the dual citizenship is a great mechanism to acknowledge that, right? Because yeah. You can be both and you can have the benefits of both. And it, if it was made a little bit easier to access, yeah, I think that there's a lot of people out there who would really relish this opportunity and, and feel, you know, we, we encounter this when we talk about the benefits of it and we've done whole episodes on the benefits. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's an emotional thing. Too, yes, right. Absolutely. Like, Especially for these kind of people. It's yeah, very emotional. It means something. And, and I think that that's important to acknowledge. This season, gather together and connect to Italy with Mediaset Italia. After holiday shopping or the big meal, turn on the TV and catch the latest and greatest from Italy's top channels, Canale 5, Italia 1, and Rete 4 on Mediaset Italia, including a new season of the can't-miss talent show Amici, brand-new current events program E Sempre Carta Bianca with Bianca Berlinger, new episodes of the quiz show Caduta Libera with everyone's favorite host, Jerry Scotti, plus brand-new dramas and holiday specials. There's so much to be thankful for in Mediaset Italia, so call your local television provider today and ask for the channel. So beyond the dual citizenship stuff, what else are you guys doing at Comitas? What are the big issues that you are finding? Well, we are trying to help. There are so many, New York, as you say, as, as we all know, is a melting pot of many people coming here. And we have so many, we, we are encountering many Young Italian coming to live in New York, New Jersey, if New Jersey or Balkan is full of Italian, a different kind of people than from the past. You know, the the guy that, the guys that are coming right now, they are professionals, consultants. They all have like a degree or dual degrees or whatever, and they find a little bit of troubles to adjust to the American life. So they don't know. For example, that uh, you need, uh, are you going to get an health plan? You know, you need to get uh, an insurance if you want to have access to medical cure. And uh, you also need to have a life insurance because something can happen. And that's one of the <laughs> life insurance is a, is a funny topic because <laughs> Italians say, oh, I'm, I'm never going to die. Why, do <laughs> Why am I going to have a life man, insurance? Why, man. Why are all these people trying to sell me a life insurance? Let's do all the corner here. We, nobody's going to die here. <laughs> Spit on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. That's so true. So we have done an event that is called Italian Resource Community Fair, which we did that on May 1st, because in Italy, May 1st is Labor Day. And uh, we set up basically a conference room with so many professionals, American Italian professionals, talking about those things. So, hey, you want to get a health insurance? This is how you do it. You want to get a life insurance? This is how you do it. You want to improve your English language skills? Well, you were never going to get rid of the accent, and I can tell you that from experience because <laughs> I try many times. I can't. <laughs> and then I, I mean, now I just I came up to the conclusion that I'm fine to live with my Italian accent. <laughs> I mean, many people find it pretty People cool. love it. People love an Italian accent. I mean, you're married, yeah. but if you weren't, 
<laughs> it's a great resource. It'd be a great resource. Well, yeah, just kidding. I'm I am Alessandro Informi. <laughs> That's what happened. I, I am the president Chicago. of a committee. So. <laughs> I was in Chicago and uh, I just came back yesterday. It was this wine event from Vinitaly with the Italian community in Chicago. And uh, this lady came to me and said, Wow, I love your accent. It's so defined and so distinct. <laughs> and then I said, I love your salt and pepper air. I said, Wow. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so I hope my wife is not going to listen to this. She don't listen to right? it. <laughs> no, nah, no. leave it in there. You know why? Competition's good for business. <laughs> You didn't say like, yes, but don't take anything for <laughs> just granted. keep it in the back of our head, you know. <laughs> is your uh, is your wife my Italian? A hottie. She's American Italian. She's like us. Yes. Yeah. She's and a, she grew up where here in uh, New York, Brooklyn, and then moved to Westchester. Oh, like me, exactly like yeah. me, Did the same route. Yeah. So, what does she think of all this stuff? Is she in the Nicole category? Maybe they could become friends. My wife's Italian American. Her father came from Italy. Her mother's Italian American. Born in the Bronx. We lived in Brooklyn. Then we moved to Westchester. Spent summers in Italy. Yes, she spent her summers in I mean, she speaks Italian. Italian. Yeah. Speaks Fates. good Italian. First generation speaks Italian. And she thinks you and I are crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And she comes to certain events that she likes. But we, she laughs at us. Yes. Yeah, she looks at I'm us sure. and she's like, hi. He, he. She must think. I mean, we call her on the show. I make a joke. I always refer to her as Marist from Frasier because she's like a character that we talk about constantly, but nobody ever meets because she doesn't really come to anything. And Though Stephanie Yanote tracked it down. Yes, she did. She found her online. She found her online. She and, and Nicole just loved that, yeah. Stephanie. That, <laughs> Nicole just loved it. Nicole's like, who is this lady? Who is this lady? Me, I'm your Are you really John's wife? wife? <laughs> but yeah, she, she, you know, she'll come to stuff, but it's, she's very Italian, but she's not in her wheelhouse. What's your wife's? Because she's same? normal. Yeah, my wife is about the same. And uh, she feels like sometimes I'm doing like too much. She's like, why are you doing all of these? Have you seen these people that drive you crazy? You, what, and it's one o'clock in the morning. Why are you guys are talking about these? Yeah. It's like, well, we love it. You know, yeah. as you say, it's like it's something that we need. We need a shrink to diagnose us. All right, sure. Because I, I think you even have it worse. Because you must get the most craziest. You know, I knew um, Antonino Chapi, the may he rest in peace, was. Do you, did you know him? Nope. I, I wish to God that. he was alive. He'd be 100 now. He was in a journalist for Medicology from Sicily. Medicology was the daily, the, the, what became, Il, what was Il Progresso. Yes. Which was New York's daily Italian language newspaper. And he ran the society page. And he said to me, people would come to him with money and say to him, please put our 50th anniversary in the society <laughs> page. Like, what is it going to cost? He said, constantly, anniversaries. And he's like, I don't do that. They're like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> what do I, can I give you to get? So I can only imagine the, the request. But let me ask you something. Do you feel there's a disconnect? Because we've said this on the show, and I think you would be a person who sees this. Between the new immigrants from Italy, people like from the north of Italy who come here for work, um, who don't have family ties here, who did not come here because past generations they had really no choice because the economy in rural Italy was so bad, or even in urban areas. And the Italian-Americans who came in, even the group that came in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s, do you see a chasm between those two groups? And if you do, as president, how do you bridge that? 100%. That's a very good question. And I am fortunate enough that my wife is Italian-American. And my father-in-law came here when he was 20, and my wife has grandparents here in Staten Island, or Staten Italy. Or yeah. And uh, I became more... Honestly, I became more Italian-American than Italian. And that's many people don't like that, that aspect of me. Because as you said, 
the ones that are coming from Italy, they are completely a different breed. And I'll tell you, I'll make a few, few examples of that. Columbus Day, I mean, if we're going to get into that, I mean, Columbus Day is a big deal. Italians that are coming right now, they think Columbus is not a hero. It doesn't represent us. In fact, I mean, I had to give that to them, that in school, we didn't study anything about this guy. It was a paragraph telling us, hey, this guy got to America, great, big deal, over. There is nothing about him. Then you come to America and you realize, hey, the Italian-Americans are really in love with Columbus. It is something, I mean, he's representing them. And then if you go back in the history and the Moti Rivoluzionari, New Orleans, all of that story, then you realize why we celebrate Columbus today and why it's so important for the Italians and the Italians. It should be important for the Italians and for the Italian-Americans both. So there are many differences. And the fact, uh, as you say, there is no ties, no connection, there is no family here. It makes it even more complicated for them to get involved with the association. That's another thing that I stress them a lot about it. Guys, you have to go into the associations. You have to go see these people because they have something to say. They have stories. You know, they have beautiful stories. There are some dramatic stories of people that came from Sicily, Calabria, whatever, and... um, they have these stories where they left their families there, they came here, they were working, they were sending the money back to Italy. I mean, those are like, I want to know those stories. I really want to know those stories because I'm representing the Italians, but in my opinion, I represent all of them as well. And those stories will give me more of a background They will make me realize what is my identity here in the United States. Because we have, as we said before, we live one feet in Italy, one in the United States. So we need to be able to know both situation. And um, so, yeah, that's Columbus is the first thing that came to mind. But there are so many other things where there is a big difference between the Italian and the Italian-American, between the one that came from the past and the one that are coming today. You know, I just, it, it dawned on me as you we were talking, I had a great, I love when I have these like great revelations on the show. And last night I was doing, uh, a little bit of digging. I'm always looking for Italian artifacts, Italian-American artifacts, particularly as we gear up for the new studio. And I came across a little um, little ashtray from the Abruzzese Club of Lorraine, Ohio. Now, everybody out there knows my wife is Abruzzese, and I've fallen madly in love with that region. And uh, so I, I bought this little thing to bring into the studio and started researching if it was still there. I always do that if I find matchbooks or T-shirts or hats or ashtrays, whatever. I always try to see if the association still exists. So what I was able to find was an Abruzzese club in another part of Ohio. I think it's like a suburb of Dayton or or Columbus or something. Anyway, um, and it's since 1947, and it's still got a lot of activities. And I was on their website and their Facebook page. I was watching their videos from their dinner dance, all these people doing the conga line and the Todd and Tell and stuff. And it, and it speaks to what you're talking about here. And I thought to myself, you know, these national organizations – you know, Sons of Italy, 1905, Italian Sons and Daughters, splits off in 1933. Uh, Unico formed, and I guess when did Unico form? The 20s? 24, something like that? Um, it's 100 years. Yeah, it's 24. 23. Yeah, 23, 24. 22, but they're 100 years right now. You know, they're national organizations, but with local lodges. And then, obviously, they have certain territories themselves. You have the NEAF that kind of comes in the 70s, and right, that's that's an attempt at a national organization, but it's really Washington-based. And I think when people go out and try to research, how do I get involved? 
These national organizations may come up if there are local lodges, whatever. But it's much harder to find these older associations, many of which are based on the town you came over from or some, you know, uh, labor group that you belong to in an industry that may no longer be in a place, but they survive. And in a lot of ways, we talk about the frustrations with these national organizations. If that's the worst of who we are as Italian Americans, and, and they're also you know, fighting each other about who's the president and whatnot. Yeah. But these local groups, so? I think these local groups speak a lot to who we are as a people. And I think that they are great um, reserve and time capsule of a lot of local history that's otherwise lost. And it's very hard for people to find them. Do you find now that you, and you made a great point, and I think this is a follow-up to what John just said. Do you think with your wife being an Italian-American, you were forced to understand Italian-America? Um, you also come from Calabria, right? You come from the town of Acre, mm-hmm. which had a tremendous amount of immigration to Belleville, New Jersey, and to West... Where in Rhode Island? Um, I know you're in Rhode Island. Providence. Right. And uh, there is another town. Westerly, I think. Uh, Westerly, yes. Westerly, Rhode Island. So you have a lot of people. So you, have a, you come from a town in Italy that really understands immigration. Being the guy who's bridging the world between the Italian passport holders, basically, the ones who came during the end of the great, the end of the migration of the 70s and the 60s and the 50s, and with the new people, how do you explain Italian America to the Italian Italians who are coming from areas that don't have immigration and don't have a real connection to America? What do you find are their prejudices, and how do you try to explain us to them? Well, that's a tough question, but probably I will start with something like Gabagool. <laughs> yeah, which is racist because that's a Neapolitan pronunciation. Exactly, I go berserko. Yes, Gabagool is is closer to Neapolitan, but unless I, I digress. Yeah, when I came here, you know, it, it's funny when I came here, and uh, my father-in-law has a restaurant in Westchester, and uh, maybe we should go there for lunch one day. Yeah, sure. Me and John really never good. say no to lunch. Uh, it's right by my house. Then, and uh, I was talking to this guy, Italian American, and he say, "Oh, I'm sure you guys have a great Gabagool here," and I was like, "What?" He was a Gabagool. What kind of Italian are you? You don't know that word, Gabagool. I said, I don't know Gabagool. I know Capicolo. You know, it's like yeah. something like that. So I will probably, if I had to explain Italian-Americans to the Italians, I would say that we share the same culture. We share everything. But you guys have a different history, a different path, and they need to understand that. And to understand that, they need to talk to each and every one of you, and they need to go around and meet the, meet the associations and talk to these people and listen to these stories. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's like I will write a, a chapter of history on on the books talking about the Italian-American culture because it's different. I mean, no doubt. It's completely different. You know, we're different on many aspects, starting from the food. You know, I mean, there is Italian-American foods. And the Italians from Italy are like, oh, they eat chicken parmesan. What is wrong with chicken parmesan? I mean, it's Pretty good, I like it. (laughs) But it's Italian-American food. So, okay, yes, don't call it Italian food. Call it Italian-American, but still, it's pretty good. There is nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah, It's funny, I I remember going to Eritrea uh, on a research trip, and I visited the Italian community left in Eritrea, which, for those who don't know, Eritrea was the first Italian colony in... uh, on the Red Sea, on the Red Sea coast of Africa from 1892 until the war. And there's still, when I went there about 10 years ago, uh, a small Italian expat community living in the capital, Asmara, amongst other places. 
and they have the Italian club and they invited us for a couple meals there. And it was really interesting to see and to see them celebrate the hybridized cuisine between traditional Eritrean food and, and Italian food. So for example, there was a pasta uh, made with the tomato sauce with Eritrean, I think it's called Barabara spices. Really, really interesting. And in so many places in the world, they would call that, uh, what do you call that hybrid cuisine? Uh, oh, fusion. 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 Fusion, right? They would call that a fusion cuisine. And I think we kind of have to be looked at in the same way as a fusion. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. And, and I always use what I think is the perfect example because so many immigrants came from Italy carrying their beloved family fig trees, cuttings from these fig trees. And they, you know, so many came by sea, nowadays by air. They smuggled them in the women's petticoats and hid them in the luggage and wrapped them in wet rags. Put them up a nun's yeah. habit. We know yes, who did that. Did. <laughs> right. Hid, hid a fig tree up a nun's habit. That is a true story. But it made its way over. Made its way over. But those trees, those branches made their way over and they were planted in a new soil. And in many great cases, they survived and thrived and grew into trees that have provided a lot for a lot of families and a lot of love and a lot of memories and comfort. And they're still Italian fig trees. They're different. Many. And the fruit may be very different than the tree that it was cut off from in Calabria or Sicily or Veneto, wherever, but it's still an Italian fig tree. And we are still very much an Italian branch, you know, just a different soil and a, and a different hybrid. Couldn't say that better. I mean, that's, that's really, really profound. I like that. Thank you. Um, when these people come, when they're here five, six years, ten years, do you see a change in them? Do they acclimate more to America? Is there less kind of hostility between well, we're the real Italians, you know, between us and them? What are the benefits they see in America? Because I know a lot of expats who came here for a couple of years. I hate the America. The food is very bad. They drink this coffee. You need these large It's funny coffee. that you call them expats because if you call them immigrants, they get upset. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because they, they would say, I did not have, to, I came to America because I, I have a degree and Gucci my father bag. had a factory. In <laughs> so, and they come here, right, because they're doing us a favor. Are you trying to make fun of my accent? <laughs> no, I like you. I don't like them. <laughs> and, I mean, and, and they come here, and then I'm like, well, America, this is terrible, the food is terrible, the education is terrible. Well, you're here 15 years later. How bad could it be? But I, think that I mean, that's you're still difference. here. I think the difference between what you said, you call them expats, not immigrants. And I think if you look at the change in immigration law in 1924 through like the 50s and 60s when they finally reopened the quota system to Italians, particularly Southern Italians, in those years, if you came here or if you were here when the law changed, you weren't going back, right? We went from a culture of migratory work patterns to you're here and you, if you want to stay here, that's it. And now I think a lot of people come with the mentality of an expat, which is I'm going to work in America and do, and then I'm going to go back. And I think many people don't assume that they're going to end up here forever. And they do. So it's a fine line. What is the difference between expat and immigrant? I think the expat is one who thinks they're here temporarily and they don't have to. Can I tell you what surrender to what it. an expat said to me, why he chose to stay in America, him and his wife both came from very well to do families in Italy. He grew up in Rome. He came to America for a job with young children, figured they would do a few years in America, make some money, go back to Italy. And he was here for 20. He went, actually went back to Italy for a little while, like after 10 years. And him and his wife decided they wanted to go back to New York. And when he showed up, so he was in Italy about three years, and he shows up back in New York. And I was like, wow, like you're back? Like, did your job transfer you? He said, no, we chose to come back. Because after we went back to Italy, we decided that we really kind of like New York better. 
And I said to him, well, what was it that made you come back to the States? And he said to me, in America, when I have to take the dog out in the morning, I can go out in my pajamas and no one says anything. In Italy, I have to get dressed in the morning <laughs> to look good before I can take my dog out or everyone's going to talk about me. Do you see, do you, does that, that ring happens. true for you? That, that was kind of surprising because th- that was like the last thing I thought he would say is why one of the reasons, I guess social freedom maybe is the question. I think he's amplifying the, the old things. So yes, people talk in Italy more. My wife said the same thing. He's like, oh, when we go back to, me, to my hometown and I had to go buy grocery, no, people dress up to go buy milk and cookies. It's like, why, why they do that? I feel like I'm underdressed. So, yes, I can see that, but nobody really cares. So that's probably, I mean, it was amplifying the situation, probably, as you say, it, it, to, to talk about, like, the social freedom of people minding their own business a little bit more in America, talking a little bit less. But as you said, if you're part of a community, then people are going to talk anyway, even in America. Hello, everyone. I have the distinct pleasure today to talk to you about a project, a mission that I am very much in love with, and that is the Anchors Rum Mixer. Now, I have Carly Reed on with me today. Carly, did I say that right? You did. I am madly in love with this machine. I throw in sifted flour, and that machine goes for 15 minutes. It can mix any kind of flour I have thrown in there. It comes out like the most perfectly kneaded bread, but Carly has the insight on the mechanics of why it works. She can tell you why you should buy it off of Pleasant Hill Grain. So with that, Carly, I'm turning the microphone over to you. It is an investment into your family, into your health, into your well-being from on a day-to-day basis. Our company has been in business for 25 years, and in that time, we've maintained a reputation for high-quality product offerings and excellence in customer service. So now you heard from Carly. If you're not happy with the mixer, I will eat the mixer publicly. Can I do that? You can try. Why, why am I offering that? Because I know it's not going to happen. And with that, I'm done. For anyone who wants to learn more about the machine or get in touch with us directly, you can visit PleasantHillGrain.com. What are some of the aspects of America they start to like? So you're dealing with, I mean, because like I said, you're great. You have a foot in both camps. The expat community of Italy that you deal with as the president of Comites, what are some of the things you think that start to charm them about the U.S.? Well, probably the business, business opportunities for sure. Many people like to like to make money. So they like the fact that, hey, I can actually make a very good career in the United States and there is not much nepotism like in Italy, so I can be valued for really am I. And uh, that's that's a good thing. Even the education system, you will be surprised how many people value more, how many Italians value more the American education system rather than the Italian system itself. I mean, if they have kids, they would like to send their kids to Princeton, Harvard, and those like Ivy League schools. So I think those two things for sure, they, and that's what they think also. Hey, I have kids. I'll bring them back to Italy. What kind of future am I going to offer to them? And uh, you know what? Let's stay here for their future. So they decide. And that's, I think that those are the things that they appreciate about America. But still, I don't think that the Italians that came here five, six years ago, they really appreciate or understand Italian-Americans. That's a whole different topic. They yeah. like America, but I don't think they understand Italian America. We're kind of like, I, I have often got the um, feeling from them, they consider us kind of like a trashy kind of. Yeah. 
the low. And I think also yeah, the thing about that show. What is that show? Jersey, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Sure. Yeah. But you know, I've said to a lot of people. Also, I think that they also are rich kids, and Italy is a class-based culture. Absolutely. So they would look down on us either way. So our our blood cousins in Italy would be just as low class to them because people from an agricultural background. And again, that the third real hot topic here is a lot of them are from the north of Italy, and they just look down on Southerners to begin with. Probably. So I think that that kind of you throw that into the mix. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably. We would. Why don't we get on? Because Pat loves a a part two. Why don't you bring some of these people on? Why don't do a second show? And they're not going to get beat up, and it's not going to be the machine gun. (laughs) You made fun of (laughs) Gabagool. You anti-Neapolitan racist. (laughs) Um. Though I could be tempted. <laughs> you're they might be I know you're going to do it. It would be good to answer questions. Don't tell them. Set them up. It would be good to Get answer Get a real questions. arrogant one I could have fun with. <laughs> 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 I met, I met me. This, this girl the other day. She's been living in New York for 10 years in the city. And I was say, hey, you went to Faragosta in the Bronx. That is really cool. She was like, the Bronx? I don't go to the Bronx. I just stay in the city. Yeah, of course. So you have never been to Westchester, the Bronx, New Jersey. They they don't know anything. For them, New York is just New York City. That's it. I think a lot of people of all backgrounds feel like New York is like if they don't like America, even if they're visiting or, the you know, in the cases where they live here, New York is its own beast, right? It's like an independent country. Canada yeah. loves that. Yeah. Canada's like, well, you're not really from America. You're from New York. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm cool enough now. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, you don't have guns in New York. I always <laughs> felt like growing up. Not like Texas. Especially so. like. We can be your friend now. <laughs> I, I was in college during the Iraq war years. And, you know, the sentiment about America overseas was very, very perilous. And I felt like when people would ask me, they would say, well, you're, where are you from? I'd say, America. And then uh, they say, oh, we're in America. And I say, New York. It's, oh, New York. Like, that's okay. You know, you're in New York, which is interesting because I think in the rest of the country, New York is seen as I had very a, I It's funny that John should say this because I had an Italian government official who will remain nameless, but a quasi, I think, cabinet position. He said to me one time, he goes, ah, New York is not really America. He goes, you are the last stop in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Europe signs. That's why we are comfortable. <laughs> people feel that way though people it's from all over the world true. feel comfortable in new york i mean it's new york it's it's global i'm like getting because john has a hard stop and i'm getting more excited you could bring these really would the real italians come we'll do to, that. We'll to do tape that. in my office in new, <laughs> well, in new york hey, at least sorry. they don't call you italians yes like that's when true. i went in the midwest i was in south bend about three weeks ago and people were like oh are you italians yeah i'm italian Oh, italian i've had many italian americans who are very proud and active pronounce the word italian Especially like southern accents and stuff like that. You see, I hate it's like the sauce gravy thing. Yeah, it's like and that's it, their regional thing. That's how they. It's in a regional. Why we leave, let's leave Indiana. Well, they said Italian. Well, what do you want from like this? <laughs> but see, this is the Italian in your DNA. We got to find somebody. <laughs> well, so that does so, something different, and we're gonna we're gonna in Jersey's uh, gravy in New York is sauce, right? Who or knows? I refuse to listen. We're on the verge of World War Three. The whole world is falling apart. Yet Italian America fights over stuff like gravy <laughs> and stuff. No. Yeah, T-shirts. True. You know, even the president said that at the at the NIAF. Ni- yes, he said yeah, that. The, yeah. He brought up so I mean, which just kind of shows that he grew up in Delaware, which is a very big Italian community, which is overlooked. Yes, very big. Right? For a small place, they got a big Italian community. They're all from like one place, or even a soup to Shana, like ninety percent of them. <laughs> I can't see Mike Pence or Bush. Even Obama saying a sauce gravy thing, but that Bi- Biden <laughs> knows the culture. I don't know whoever speechwriter is. But I said to myself, "This is this is this." You know, I hate that conversation. 
Yeah, that's your least favorite. Company. That's my least favorite company because who who cares? Yeah, well, it's, 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 we got big enough problems. This is why we right. swim in our own pond. And all this, but we like that. The times you said this, you said that is incorrect. <laughs> you use onion, and we never use onion in this dish. The onion is never used, never. Well, Can you bring them on? I'm so excited now. Don't t- don't prepare them. Set them up. They're going to think we're like animals. Well, like, yeah. if you want to join the. Uh, force that is working towards change if uh, you want to be a part of Comites. Hopefully this episode has inspired you. Alessandro's the man to know. Alessandro, as we sign off, how can our audience get involved? How can they find you uh, and Comites and, and reach out? Well, we have a website. It's www.comitesny.org and the uh, email address is info at comitesny.org and we're going to link those to the website and the email and everything from our show notes. So if you're interested. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would love for, for people to connect and to learn more about, I mean, we talk about more a lot about the Italian-Americans and what they bring to, to the table. I think Italians coming from Italy, though, on the other side, they have something else to bring to the table. Yeah. And if we find a way to coexist, we're going to have this country still showing the Italian flag everywhere. And the American dream is going to be alive with the Italian identity. So within the Italian identity. So I think we have a lot to do together. Yeah. And uh, I'm very excited to to work with you guys and to whoever wants to get involved. Well, we're happy to do it. And I'm glad that we've had you on and we can get more involved. And uh, you, I think you say it very beautifully. This is about keeping this Italian-American dream alive. And, you know, we have a great time laughing at the Italian approach to Italian America, but at the same time, I always say Italian America needs to do a better job of understanding modern Italy and going in with eyes open and appreciation for a place that has evolved a lot in the 100 or 150 years since some of our ancestors came here. So the exchange goes both ways. The respect goes both ways. It's got to be reciprocal. And hopefully through an organization with a history like Comites and a hardworking young president like yourself, we can offer that shared respect and and a little bit of that process. And as we wrap like up, I got two more episodes lined up for you. I have the Italian expat community, the pat debate. <laughs> the come off. No, I'm not no, but that that see now everybody's going to brand me like I'm looking for trouble with these people. I'm not. <laughs> this is not like yeah. No, but it's got to have an okay corral. I would just like, you know, they might have really interesting stuff. I'm, I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, I yeah, agree, yeah. So I would love to have them on because that's a voice we haven't had on here. Sure. And they might have some legitimate Sure. They just might like pancakes. Who knows? What is the best thing about it? I love pancakes. <laughs> right? They, what do they call sirop de arte? What's, 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 um, they have very sirop, complicated. Si, si, uh, sirop de di, acero. Acero. That's maple syrup. Oh, I love the sirop de acero. Right? <laughs> it is a common product. What is it? It's a typical product of the Vermont area. So we can have them on. And I also want you to come on to speak about uh, St. Angelo of Acre. So you did a lot yes, of work with St. Angelo of Acre. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how we could do an episode that was Comites and St. Angelo of Acre, but you did a lot of work with St. Angelo of Acre, and I think that we got two more episodes for you to come on. Sounds good. So I, I like the St. Angelo because it will bring on the aspect of how the Italian-Americans are very religious and the new Italians that are coming here are not religious at all. Yeah, so they look down. That's thing. another reason why they look down on us. That's mm-hmm. an interesting one, though, how that's, how that's evolved in different yep. places for sure. And. I guess if you're coming back for two more, since you were in Westchester and I'm in Westchester, we'll have to do it up by us then. That'll be... I want chess. Well, it's I ordered convenient. All new, wait, hold on. Stop it. Put that gun back on the holster right now. <laughs> I ordered all new stuff for the office to entertain. 
All what? stuff from Italy. But we have an invitation to a restaurant. Where, where's your father? I did a nice. Like I got a coffee where? machine. See how they oh, talk great. right Church. over me. I got a, a tang coffee you machine. You got a Neapolitan I got coffee bought, machine. Uh, what, uh, here we go again. Now he's no, back to Sicilian. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying it's good. Right? It's a good. I thing. got a Borboni machine. I got all this stuff for when we have company. And now you got to go to Westchester. All right, we'll have it. You you don't ever want to come to Westchester. Well, the Sicilian your Sicilian bakery's gone. Closed. Ooh, yeah, my, it was called Pane Gelato. Pane Gelato in East Chester, close. Yeah, close. Yeah, that's what they really? tell me. My father-in-law. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm heartbroken. I it was five minutes from my house. Yep. This is the trials and tribulations the of the Italians of Westchester. No more Siciliana food for you. No more. I have to go to Ferdinando's. I come all the way to Brooklyn. Uh, well, no matter where we are. It'll be great to do those two episodes, and it's great to have you as part of the Italian American podcast family. So thanks for coming out. Thank you. See so how much the, he can't get out of Jersey quick enough. No, I love New Jersey. It's like Don't. it's like we had like the bubonic plague. He finds <laughs> no. He finds out something. Oh, you're in Westchester. Let's go to Westchester. <laughs> Let's get out of Jersey. Can't blame I might turn into a big it <laughs> It's pumpkin season. I might be a gogoots for Halloween. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. No, 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 Nicole. They're dragging me down There's there. There's nowhere in Italian America quite like New Jersey. It is the great Garden State, and I am. Thrilled that we You're were You're blessed here. to be down here. I am. Here. I'm, I, am. Yeah. I love Viata coming out day. here. Yeah. As we await our wow. opening in Manhattan, this is a great home See for See that? Us. He had to get in again. Opening in Manhattan. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's happening. It's real. It's realistic. But this is a great place for us. When I see it, I'll believe it. I, you have taken me to many wonderful places in New Jersey. Great Italian-American traditions and culture. So I, I love being out here. I hope you guys are loving what we're doing from New Jersey. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.